This podcast has become quite trite, but this is our first episode without Mike. So as all of you know, it's going to be a shit show. You're still listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cannot Read, Cannot Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Kevin Greck, joined by the handsomest pixelated face in the iTunes store or wherever it is that you find the pod. Uh, Alex Plum. Plum, how you doing, sir? Hey, you know, I'm just glad that there's three guys finally. You know, I don't care if it's just my face superimposed onto uh, someone's uh, well done uh, caricature of the uh, legacy host. But at least I'm there. I really feel like I've achieved something and I hope it greetings great joy to everyone it is the only thing that i have going for me in my life of all of your accomplishments yes i mean this is now the crowning yeah it's on my resume how how does it feel to know that it's all just sort of downhill from this moment like it'll never truly be this good ever again well i mean that's kind of the way my life has been trending so i i just feel like this is just one of those markers and um you know it's uh it's still going down just yep. still all right straight into the ground up. so uh everyone thank you for listening uh blah 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 please share spartans in your life rate review subscribe go to the itunes store hit hit a five star just hit five star for us that's all we need and uh, say something nice about the limericks that you get when you listen to the pod which is obviously why you're listening to the pod <laughs> can't read can't write the limerick yeah, pod the limerick pod uh plum you walk the, the good people through what we'll be discussing this afternoon on our very well put together outline. Well, way. some might say this is one of the best outlines that has been put together. So mm-hmm. just do mm-hmm. that what you want. Uh, we always start uh, the show with the Green Wall. And uh, Green Wall is uh, the area where we will talk about uh, the primary sports that we cover in this pod, uh, basketball and football. Uh, football usually leads, but here we are back to basketball as we've got some big news, big exciting news, and a lot of movement both in the portal and on the team staff. So we'll talk about that. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, spring practice and what's been going on with the football team as we're getting ready to gear up over uh, uh, for the fall. Got some ads. We'll head off Grand River. Um, off Grand River is where we'll talk about sports and other uh, NCAA-related news from around the connection. And uh, might even get into a little bit of COVID uh, gossip here and there as some folks have had questions. Finally, we close out with your Twitter questions. And if you don't or haven't yet, you can join us at Spartan underscore pod on Twitter machine and drop your questions. We like to take those every week. So load them up. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got some good ones this week. Uh, But we start with basketball, as you said. And as a now listener of the pod pointed out in our group chat, uh, our our takes on the transfer situation last week have very quickly aged like milk. Because since (laughs) the last recording, Mr. Thomas Kithier has decided to enter the transfer portal. He's off to Valparaiso. That is new uh, news, breaking news as of about 45 minutes ago, time of taping. Um, and this is, of course, Plum to make room for Imani Bates, right? Imani, But, you know, it is it is exciting. I mean, he ain't coming, but if he wanted to, he could. So what do you think? Do you think we ever figure out... Did we ever figure out what happened to Kithier at the end of the season? Because it like Izzo would stand in, in press conferences and just be like, he does things that the other guys don't, effort guy makes all the small plays, but then his minutes just 
evaporated. Evaporated. So uh, what's your read? Uh, I mean, I, I again, I'm not the smartest uh, basketball, uh, you know, analyst out there, uh, mm-hmm. or or even really close. What I would say though is just from a layman's observing standpoint is I don't think his his um, his stats, his numbers, his feel on the court was was significantly changed at all over the season. His minutes are what changed, but I don't. I, he didn't all of a sudden turn bad. He didn't all of a sudden stop getting boards in the paint. I mean, it was. It was he was a consistent guy that Izzo continued to go to again and again for reasons that are a little bit befuddling. But my guess is the threat of using Kithier, which is probably what it was for some in the locker room, uh, Izzo finally realized was no longer effective strategy, and he just had to play the guys that that he thought could make more of the the actual scoring plays than than Thomas Kithier could, and of course he couldn't. So, um, and it turns out nor could we. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's my guess. I don't know. Do you have a better take, a more refined take on on what he was doing? I don't. I mean, strategically, it seems, I, I don't know if this, you were really early on the MSU is in trouble and probably not going to make the tournament train. And I, I found, I don't know if we ever talked about this on the pod, but I found that I just started taking it for granted that they would figure it out and turn it around. And I wonder if Izzo was operating that same way for a while. And Kithier was a guy that was giving him what he expected. You kind of knew what you were going to get out of him. Yeah, but what you get out of him means that you're not going to win a lot of games. So I wonder if there came a point where Izzo realized, like, oh, I might actually have to take a couple chances and yep. play some guys with you know higher ceilings, perhaps. Street. Yeah, right. And uh, when that started paying off a little bit, when they got on that winning streak, I wonder if that just just was the writing on the wall for Kithier. Well, I think it's a really good take and it's a, um, it's one of those high risk, high reward situations. Right. And I think that might high risk, high reward might be the, the like m- mantra or motto, um, uh, that, that a lot of the guys on the team, uh, could use rocket Watts name, probably n- number one among them. Yeah. A, a kid with a great ceiling who had like refuses to get up off the couch, like can't even stand up in the room. Right. So, um, until he does, and then it's huge. But anyway, um, yeah, those who are in the portal remain at rest in the portal. So they do indeed. So Kithier's off to Valparaiso. So a bit of a a drop. I'm really interested to see where Rocket ends up uh, landing. You know, there were all those you know relatively sure. high major programs that were on that initial list, but we'll see. Um, next up. Uh, Mr. Aaron Henry has made it official. I think we all knew and expected that this was going to happen, but he is hiring an agent and going off to the NBA draft to become a professional basketball player. So uh, Plum, any when you think back on the Aaron Henry era, these years that these three years that we've had with Aaron Henry, what what is going to stick out to you the most? Um, it's it's I. <laughs> I am fickle and I say that I, there are, you know, there are, I wish I had a more longitudinal respect for the, his contributions to the program because he had, he had an impact last year. Um, yeah. and yet, you know, what I'm going to take from his contribution to the team was, was really him carrying us this year. And I don't know that that's fair because I don't think he was at his best this year. Um, and that's namely because he was carrying the team. He didn't have guys to work off of. He didn't have guys who were pushing him to be better, right? Yeah. He had to carry the load of pushing everyone else just to play what should be standard basketball. Um, which, so I, I think maybe that's unfair for him, but I think what, what we'll remember is 
when we when the team needed leadership, um, and this is to your point earlier about sort of like seeing the writing on the wall maybe earlier than others did, my, what I was seeing was that lack of dedicated and enthusiastic leadership. And I think Henry yeah. stepped into the gap such as you could. Um, but I think that's what I'll remember, and particularly the Michigan game. And I know that was a good game for Rocket, but that that was just a great game for Aaron Henry. And uh, we needed it. Yeah, I mean, they... I mean, they started the year being like, okay, we're going to transfer, you know, rocket into this point guard. I think if you looked at the assist total and how the actual offense ran, we ended up just making Aaron Henry, the point guard, a lot of the time is how it ended up happening. So I'm going to remember him as a guy that was, that was quiet, that led by example, you know, for whatever that, whatever that means. Uh, and, and he was endlessly positive. You know, that's yeah. the other thing. He was just a positive guy and, and people like to be around a positive guy. So you gotta get that. He's also a guy that had every opportunity to turn on the program and say something about Izzo or something like that. And he, yep. you know, he, he didn't did. do it. Um, yep. so I, some will read that as like, well, he's a good soldier or he's brainwashed or something like that. But it seemed like he was a, a team first kind of guy. He seemed to get it. And uh, yeah. I, uh, you know, when I think back like you, I'll just like this NCAA tournament streak is in big part to uh, yeah. to Aaron Henry in the same way that like I attribute part of it to Drew Neitzel that year. Where yeah. He, you know, was, yep. You know, 90% utilization player. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. He's got a a place in Spartan lore. Speaking of a place, uh, last week we talked about how Dane Fife is off to Indiana to be uh, assistant coach there. Again, lateral yep. move. Uh, and it's been announced this week that then a previous uh, recruiting coordinator, uh, Doug Wojcik, has been elevated to assistant coach. Uh, Plum, what do you know about Doug Wojcik? Wojcik has been around. Um, he actually's got some assistant head coach experience at Michigan State a mm-hmm. couple of years, right? Actually, around our freshman year, 2003, 2005. Yeah. Uh, and that reason, I don't, I don't remember him from then, but I will, um, I will say that, you know, he's, he's been around. He was, I think what most recently at the college of Charleston. Yeah. Is that right? I didn't click the, the Wikipedia link as a head coach as yeah. the head coach, and it was a short term and there was some allegations of, um, player abuse. There was some, um, or maybe not player abuse, but a, abusive language or abusive players yeah. didn't feel respected. Maybe they yes. felt unsafe at times. And so there were some complaints that were made. It felt like Clearly, whether or not there was actual, and I don't know that there actually was any uh, credible, substantiated, um, you know, uh, claims made, you know, they didn't substantiate anything. Um, But clearly the culture was bad. And so I think they fired him for cause, probably for no other reason than the guys didn't want to play there. And he he didn't do a great job setting that climate. So, yeah, it's about 10 years ago uh, now-ish, 8, 10 years ago, I think. So, um you know, he popped around a little bit. Uh, is this, uh, what does this mean for the program? I don't think he's in the running to be the head coach. I think he is someone that's done a great job in recruiting for us. Um, Fife has too, clearly with Fife leaving, um, a guy that's within the big 10 who knows our recruiting paradigm, who knows how Izzo lays all of that out. That's only going to work to, uh, to Indiana's advantage which means, um, you know, 
I think Izzo probably is like, we got to make sure we can keep what we've got. A guy that knows the program who's been doing this, you know, give him some more visibility. I think this is just a strategic move there. Yeah. When you talk about the future of the program, this, this seems to, I, I, you know, it's a sample size of one, but this seems to indicate to me that any kind of future changes are probably going to be in the family, so to speak. So, you know, Izzo's not a spring duck anymore. You know, I, right. I wonder if this indicates, given this as a as an indicator, and given that Fife has left, I mean, can you? I mean, does that mean mean Dwayne Stevens has like a it, it has 40, to be. Yeah. 60, 65 percent chance of being Se- the next head coach? Seventy five. I think unless Dwayne, listen, Dwayne Stevens has been with this program for twenty years. Right, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy long time. Crazy long time. He's had opportunities. You know, the guys had opportunities that he's passed up. Uh, he just sort of had one this year. Uh, there was reporting that he was in very advanced talks with Eastern Michigan to become their next head basketball coach. That job ultimately going to Stan Heath, another MSU assistant from back in the day with a with previous head coaching experience. So. And it could have, you know, we shouldn't even waste time in the tea leaves, but, you know, you see some of these moves happening. Um, He's in advanced talks. It doesn't go through. Then your associate head coach takes a job in Indiana where he's, quote, always wanted to be, end quote, Mm -hmm. question mark. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, it could very well be that there's like, you know, some wink, wink, nods, nods happening with the teams. Like just so everyone's clear what the game plan is, what the transition plan is, here's where it is. Now, I have to imagine that Izzo is not ready to retire. And I think he's got several good years left in him. I That's my guess. And yeah. uh, so clearly, you know, I think, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Dwayne. I hope it's Dwayne. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I like Dwayne, uh, but sort of in the same way that uh, it's my stance that you can't really evaluate assistant coaches. You sure. Know, Cause you're not in the program. Sure. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a huge jump. That's a huge jump. I, it's happening right now in North Carolina, so we'll see how that goes there. But uh, yeah, uh, I mean, this, uh, you know, it's it's a big jump. I mean, a, a guy being there's a huge difference between being associate head coach and and assistant coach for this long, and then being the dude. Well, huge I mean, difference. but how long was Izzo uh, Heathcote's right hand man? A long time. But again, it was that like a different era though. I don't Can know. Say that? I don't know. You know what the uh, you know what the uh, the other side of this whole thing is is Madishbia and the amount of money that he he's. Yeah. I, I could be wrong, but I think he's basically about to be MSU's T Boom Pickens, and uh, if he has a guy that he really wants to make the next MSU basketball coach, wow. I think he's going to throw around some money that's Just- going to make that hard. Just remind you that this is not uh, this is not the Michigan State basketball program presented by United Wholesale Mortgages. This is uh, not yet, not yet. (laughs) Yeah, well, until until this team is presented by Matt Ishbia and his program, I think uh, he can throw as much money as he wants. But I mean, we'll see. Time will tell. He's got some years, and it it sounds like Ishbia would just like defer to Izzo anyway. So I mean, I just I'm I'm saying this like Izzo needs another national championship, and I it's it is criminally unfair that the man only has one to his name it is uh 
we should stop. We got to. We'll going. talk about that. Yeah. That we've got a question about that All coming right. up. Um, right. other other moves on the basketball staff. Lou yeah. Rawls, Tum 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 Junior, please, <laughs> Junior. Previously, uh, grad assistant on the staff will be moving to be what's called the grad coach at mm. Sunrise Christian, grad which coach. is a really high level uh, prep school in. Uh, in Kansas City, I believe, right? Okay. Something like that. I don't know. Uh, we've gotten some dudes from Sunrise Christian, Tum Tum, including uh, Malik Hall, Marvin Clark. Uh, next year, freshman Jaden Akins landed at Sunrise Christian after things didn't work out with Amani Bates's team. Yeah. With air quotes. So, uh, do you have any idea what it means to be a uh, grad coach? Like, I, do they just have pickup games for, for dudes that graduated? <laughs> yeah. I and Or is it like life coach? Like, is this part of the program that like, we're going to give you somebody that's going to continue to work with you maybe on and off the court, uh, transition, you know, be success, be successful at school. I mean, you think yeah. about these prep schools, these prep programs, they have to throw a lot of resources and things at these guys to, to establish, right. The fear, yeah. the, the, that wouldn't benefit. So what are you getting to go there and to say, Hey, yeah, we got a guy like Tum Tum. Could you imagine meeting with him and being like, when I graduate, I'm going to have this guy I can call or text all the time. Who's the literally most positive, like upbeat, outlandishly cheerful, like motivating person. <laughs> it's probably played for Michigan state in eons, maybe yeah. ever. Yeah. Like that. I mean, I've, I've just made up what the role is. So um, by the way, sometimes Christian, if you end up doing building this in, I, I do need to be acknowledged. Thanks. I'll take a little off the top. Just a little bit. Just small. Just a small amount. This is a guy, though. I think, is it fair to say I expect to see Lou Rawls back in East Lansing at some point? Like, he's clearly building some kind of coaching career for himself. And if a spot opens at MSU, he's going to get a ring. He's going to get a look for it, right? Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Let's see. I mean, when you can get a guy named Lou Rawls back, you independent of him being just a fantastic dude, you got to have a Lou Rawls when one's available. Listen, you heard it here first. <laughs> What's a better name than, than Lou Rawls? I'm putting you on the spot here. Does uh, such a thing exist? No. Well, mostly because there is a already, a, like, you know that there actually is a Lou Rawls, right? Yeah. There was like, a, there was a person named Lou Rawls. Yeah, he was him. like a soul singer or something, right? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. That. Okay, good. Yeah. yeah. So I just think that's great. Uh, and then finally, closing out basketball, unless there's anything else that you wanted to talk about. Uh, Pierre Brooks mentioned last week for winning a state championship for Division Two. Also won Mr. Basketball. Hoisting that that trophy up, which every year when I see the picture of it again, I'm just like, Reminded. oh, I forgot how ridiculous that <laughs> trophy La- is. Laughably large. I, I don't really know how, I don't know how it works. I, so I read, I read a little bit about like how he was notified or I guess how the family was notified. I guess they got a call mm. and sort of dad was like, okay, everyone come around and sit around the table. And so they all sat around the table and they said, you're going to be a big brother again to like him and his sister implying that like their mom, you know, his wife, the dad's wife was pregnant right there. Wait, really? Yeah. Is this and, true? Yeah, this is true. And then, you know, they were all like, Wah, no, that's boring. No, or like he didn't react well, I guess, was kind of the way the article wrote it up. And then he's like, just kidding, you're Mr. Basketball. Or <laughs> 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 like, that's awesome. What? What? And like, is that how? Like, you would think there'd be a reveal. Like, it wouldn't just be, I mean, maybe they get the call first and then they like do the whole announcement and yeah. everything. I don't know. 
and it's a really big baby. Like, uh, big. bringing that thing to term. Yeah, you know, you're gonna, that's you wouldn't want to push that thing out. No, no. Too much hardware. Uh, that's hilarious, though. The, his dad tortured him with this. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That's like <laughs> such a great reason to be a parent because you get to do those types of things to your kids. Oh, without a doubt. And, and let's nothing- be clear. Uh, what I think it says great things about the families. Uh, like we don't take ourselves so seriously. This isn't the mm-hmm. such right. Like mm-hmm. we aren't. We can joke about this. It's okay. Like that lightheartedness. Yeah. I think speaks. I hope it speaks volumes about him and and the family and you know how he takes basketball. Or it could mean that Pierre has uh, deep seated animosity for his father. Yes, right. Could mean yep. that too. We'll find out. We've yep. got four years to learn all about this. Oh, so. Lord. Uh, anything else on basketball before we turn to the gridiron, Mr. Plum? Let's do it. All right. So spring practice is ongoing. Uh, they, did you get a chance to see the skirmish, uh, sizzle reel that was released on Twitter this week? I did not. So tell us about it, please. So it's heavily edited, of course, Mm. because it's all coming out of the football building. But I will say that it very intentionally and heavily features Kenneth Walker. Um, of course, transfer running back uh, and talks him up big time. It turns out he's roommates with, with Russo. Hmm. So uh, that was interesting. Saw some, you know, some football plays. There's not like, you never get to see a full play develop. You never get to see like a coverage or anything like that. It's, it's a sizzle reel. It did stand out to me unless I'm mistaken all the quarterbacks got snaps except for Theo Day. I oh. don't think I saw him out there. So I didn't bother to look up if he was injured or not, you know, because this is not a very professional outfit. But sure. um, we've speculated about where Theo Day might land in the, you know, the whole quarterback controversy. And uh, I got to think it's unless he's injured, it's not a good sign for Mr. Day. Yeah. Well, uh, I think you're probably right. If he's not getting, uh, uh, let's see. Someone correct us, please. Point us to the film where Theo Day got a couple snaps. Otherwise, it ain't him. I'm yeah. saying it right now. This is the part where we're just going to get. This is the huge mistake that we'll this have is made the mistake on this we made. Episode. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Jonesy. Yep, yep, yeah. Jones is probably screaming in his car wherever he is right now. <laughs> He's in the middle of the Grand Canyon, just like, I wonder if they saw that dime that Theo Day dropped in that oh sizzle reel. And I'd really like to have an opportunity to talk about Theo Day's dime that he dropped. Dime. Stop. <laughs> oh, God. You do have us. to make a mistake on this podcast, right? Otherwise, Mike Jones has nothing to live for, basically. You know, if there's yeah. nothing that he can point at that we screwed up this week. Well, God, I mean, it, it, you know, I will just caution you listeners. Maybe this isn't the week to tell your friends and family who haven't been listening to the pod to start downloading. Cause if these numbers jump up, like we're pretty sure they're going to, you know, it's going to be hard for him really hard. And we don't want to <laughs> cause him pain. We How do we have 20% more listeners this week? Right. How do they do it? Uh, uh, anyway, so, uh, right. things that are coming up. In fact, this is, this yeah. is an opportunity to talk about this. The spring yeah. game is happening next Saturday. Yes. Uh, we could talk about the spring game or we could talk about what stood out to me and that this week it was announced that 6,000 uh, fans will be allowed to be in attendance at the 
height of the third wave of the COVID-19 pandemic here in the state of Michigan. What are your thoughts on this, Alex? Third wave, fourth wave, fifth wave. I mean, we could be in the middle of a sixth wave, although I will say I think I saw that uh, Big Gretch does think that – does think that the numbers are starting to go down. We'll see if that's true. But um, yeah, 6,000 fans represents about 8% of Spartan Stadium's capacity. So that's that's pretty small. Yeah, but they're not going to let you up in the upper decks. So. I was just I was just going to ask that. And I don't know what that, what is that? What is that seat? Five, 10,000 people? Yeah, carve off, carve 25K off the top or something like that. All right, well, in that case, so now we're, we're closer six- to... Yeah, yeah, we're closer to 10 to 12 percent, probably. So still, that's that's pretty good. I think, you know, let's be clear. Outdoors is not a high risk for transmission. And Mm -hmm. primarily it's going to be outdoors. I don't know if they're going to have concessions. And I mean, where do you get nervous is concessions, bathrooms, people are are in line. Yeah. But think about it. You know, there is a way to do that. There really is a way to do the distancing when you're when you're at that when you're that low. you know, but then again, if they're only we, people don't care about the minutia. My my point is it it is risky. We are in the middle of a wave, mostly because most Michiganders are refusing to do what the governor's asked, which is just to personally take responsibility. Wear your mask. Shut the fuck up. Just we're almost there. Stop being a selfish asshole. Um, and it's just my freedom, my guns, my God. So it's really difficult. And, you know, one hates to be that reductivist. I hate being that reductivist. But but show me. Show me. Yeah. Prove uh, prove, prove that we shouldn't be. Prove. Michiganders. Prove. So anyway, 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 uh, point being, I think it's probably fine. You know, it's not, but it probably is. So I've been to enough spring games where I've socially distanced without intending to because sure. there tends to be space there. Yeah. My concern, like you said, is not the watching the game itself. It's the concourse. It's the getting up and down the ramps. It's the concessions. It's those types of things that I'm much more concerned about than than actually being in the bowl. So if you want to arrive late and leave early or something like that, I think it's probably perfectly safe. But please, just avoid crowds. Avoid. If you're going, are you, I, I don't think I'm planning on going. Do you have any plans on making the you drive? No, I thought to, and I uh, I don't think I can. I think I have to referee, actually. Um, mm. But if I could get out of it, it would be kind of fun. I just, I probably shouldn't. All right, agreed. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so this week also there, you know, uh, because spring ball is ongoing there, there has been media, uh, there were some things that were said by, by coach Tuck that were kind of interesting. Uh, Scotty Hazleton though, seemed to have grabbed more of the headlines with his comments. He was much more specific in the things that he was talking about. Um, so, I mean, th- some interesting things that jumped right out, Brandon Wright, you know, of course, converting uh, from running back, uh, yep. uh, apparently doing so very well, um, playing on the defensive side of the ball. He called out, you know, some additional players that have stood out, Cal Holiday, Kendall Brooks, Darius Snow, um, some additional names that we don't usually see. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to look over this, but was there anything in particular that Hazleton had to say that that stood out? Yeah, I had I noted the Brandon Wright comment. He uh, called up Avery Dunn, not a name I was familiar with. Uh, he called him up and coming edge rusher. 
Um, we, we talked last week on the pod about um, sort of the rushing game and sort of our need for, for more strength there. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's good that they're dropping names. I think guys like to see their names in print. I think um, it bodes well if they really are performing that, that they're being seen. And, uh, you know, that's part of the whole culture thing, right? That these guys, that Tucker, that uh, that his staff are – Hazelton and the like are putting together, which is this, you know, culture of excellence. So uh, it, it's good. It's good for the fans. We want to, we want to get some nuggets. I, I just don't remember this level of um, transparency with, uh, with the former regime as it were. Um, so this yeah, there is was uh, even more coach speak. With the right. Antonio side of right? things. That, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I think this is good. I think it's good. He also pointed out, and of course, you're going to say this if you're a coach and you have the opportunity to, you pointed out that the whole staff and the whole situation has been like a, a blur, I think is what he said, uh, coming on board right before the pandemic last season and the circumstances there. I mean, the truth is that this is in some ways, some of the closest return to normalcy that they've had, what, what can pass for normalcy. So I think that that's true i bought that comment you know it it's probably something that i would say too if i were a coach in this situation trying to get a mulligan for last year but it's um you know it's probably the truth of the matter that they're just just now starting to actually get this thing moving in the way that they want to well, to implement smart football and so i think that's a really really great point so one of the things that jumped out at um when I was kind of reading what, what Hazelton had said is he sort of acknowledged some uh, communication challenges that the coaches had had during one of the scrimmages and that particularly the coaches were sort of cross communicating um, at substitution time. So you had guys coming and going and, um, and, and Solari kind of broke that in a tweet and and Solari's take was that that goes a long way to building trust with players. And, And I think he's absolutely right. I think it also speaks to a acknowledgement that to your point, which was these guys came in in the middle of this pandemic, there was no, the fact that we were able to, 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 to do how we did in the fall, I think speaks volumes just about the transparency, probably the effort on the part of the team. And so yeah. the fact that you're getting this level of transparency, this willingness to acknowledge um, imperfection, I think that helps players also be truthful and honest when with their own imperfections. And that's that level of trust, then that transparency, that um, vulnerability I think is is key to establishing any culture, but especially a winning one. Did he say that the that the players are playing their tails off, but the coaches are screwing it up? Is oh my god! Yeah, I think that was definitely what he said. And then he was like, "Ah, gee!" and he like threw his clipboard on the ground. Smile is what he said. Smile. <laughs> you know that John L. Smith is just out there somewhere right now, sitting in like a room. Can you imagine being locked down for COVID with John L. Smith sitting in a room situation would be, Oh my God. No, he'll be sitting on a horse. That's first. Like definitely sitting on a horse. Oh, what a guy. Oh my God. What a real mensch. What a real mensch. Indeed. Indeed. There was going to be additional news. It sounded like uh, this week there were uh, heavy rumors. In fact, confirmations basically that Purdue's uh, Malik Carr formerly of the state of Michigan, I think Oak Park maybe. Yep. Sounds right. Uh, had answer had entered the, the transfer portal and was making just a straight beeline to East Lansing. As of today, if you are unaware that recruitment has opened back up. So we'll talk about it in greater detail if he ends up landing here, but in the meantime, anything Imani, else you will. Imani, if you're listening, hurry up, buddy. 
Got to yeah. let us know what you're going to do. That's your shot. That's your, your shot, shot, my man. Shoot your yourself shot. on the football team. Why not? What, what can it hurt? It couldn't hurt. It couldn't hurt. So, um, no, I don't think uh, I don't think anything else for football. But I'm I was actually thinking about refinancing my house, and I wondered, I wondered if you had any insight for me. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to look up his name. I I I have a guy. Oh, you got a guy? Um, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Um, you know, he was, you know, he was just the finest, the finest home loan originator that I'd ever worked with. That I'd ever had the pleasure of meeting. Hmm. Brandon Sands. Brandon Sands was his name. That's and he name. came to me in a dream. And he said, Kevin, we're at historically low rates right now. You should refinance your home. And let me tell you, Plum, let me tell you, greatest thing I've ever done. Greatest thing. I mean, it was like wedding day. Take a seat. All sure. right. Sure. I'm refinancing the house right now. So what I think you should do, Plum, is go to rate.com slash Brandon Sands. That's, did you write this down? Uh, rate.com yeah, slash Brandon Sands. I'm, yeah, I'm actually Googling it right now on my phone. Do you have Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z? Oh, I had Sands with two Zs. Let me just delete one really fast. Yeah, it's a single Z okay. uh, and an E. Yeah. And an S and an A and an N. Ah. Uh, but you should reach out. You'd be a fool not to because he's got a consultative approach. I'll have a beer with you. Okay. And he'll just he'll talk you he'll talk through the whole process. It'll be it'll be perfect. Beautiful little refinance. It sounds perfect. Yeah. So do that. Uh what was that website again? You wrote it down right? Uh I did. I did. Uh, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. How many more ways can we do this? Ben? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I hope <laughs> folks aren't. I hope folks folks aren't tired. Okay, we're we're heading off Grand River. Kevin. No, before I do that, I want to oh. say, dear listener, uh, uh, we not a sponsors died so that we could come up with more imaginative Brandon Sands copy in the meantime. <laughs> and we're and we took we're all those ideas, all yep. that energy, and put it into Brandon Sands for you. So yeah, we're we doubled down on Brandon Sands. Uh, off Grand River, you were taking us off Grand River, sir. All right, well, let's head off Grand River uh, because I feel like uh, there's a lot that we still want to talk about. And, uh, you know, not everything's about Brandon Sands or how great his mortgages are. But but maybe maybe it should be. Okay, though. it's, you know, it should be. Yeah, you're right. Well, listen, NCAA, they, they got one right, folks. And you know that we have been consistent in our, uh, our smarminess toward them. Uh, uh, but... They have uh, they have listened right. to good counsel and the transfer waiver finally got passed. So um, players no longer have to wait out a year after they hit the transfer portal. This is allowed for eligibility with immediate effect. It's got to be an athlete's first transfer. It's only within Division One, so uh, players that are coming in from a D two D three program, something like that, would still have to follow the regular process. Uh, and players have got to be in uh, by the July first deadline. So. Um, I think this is great news. Uh, it appears to be a blanket waiver. It appears to be a permanent decision. Um, at least in our review of the NCAA's uh, press release on the subject, I don't see um, dates or anything else, uh, you know, that would that would prevent that. So, um, so this is kind of exciting stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been waiting for this to happen, and it finally has. Uh, I think in terms of dates, July first might be for this year only, and then there are different dates moving forward. Um, so at least for for this year, we've got another another few months of uh, transfer p- 
potential uh, to look forward to. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first of many steps, I think, that we have towards a new look for what amateur athletics are going to be moving forward. I I don't want to speculate what amateur athletics is going to look like in even five years, but this is moving towards, I think, that inevitability in terms of players having more rights, players moving around a lot more, name, image, and likeness, um, uh, you know, some significant changes. But this is, this is, I mean, a good one. This gives yeah. players much more options than they had before. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I am seeing something that it looks like the rule may only be right now in effect for the 2021-2022 academic year. Um, so I guess the jury is still out on whether or not this is going to get renewed or if these rules are and annually kind of re if all rules are annually kind of put through maybe, and this is just, we expect that it will be permanent. Um, I guess that's a little bit unclear, but all sports. Okay. So actually we are seeing that it's, it's not permanent. It just says what I'm seeing here is according to the, the new legislation, the new rule will be in effect for the 2021, 2022 academic year. So, okay. Uh, doesn't preclude additional years, but it may be, it may, you know, so I guess uh, I'm seeing, see. I'm seeing here on the NCAA website beginning 2021, 2022 academic year, which implies to me. Yeah. That it's a fact ongoing after that, but whatever yep. it's vague. Good. Of course. Why not? Why not? Um, it's the NCAA. We don't want to. I, yep. Yeah. There was something I was going to say on the subject. I don't know what it was. Oh, I, I also saw this week. Someone did some research and I didn't vet it. Uh, that at least in terms of the athletic outcomes, players do seem to benefit from a transfer. So I'm concerned as as much in the academic outcomes as well, but um, that went against my priors because I think we all talk about, you know, watch out. Not all transfers are good transfers. They don't all work out perfectly, but um, at least someone looking at the data suggested that, they do to a degree on average. Yeah. And so uh, good. it is good. It is good. Good for them. Good for them all the way around. Players uh, should get those opportunities. Students certainly do. So it's fantastic. You know who else should get an opportunity to play somewhere else is Brad Davidson returning to Wisconsin. So yeah. Um, can I just spend a minute, actually maybe a, a hate filled minute on this subject. Um, a full 60 seconds of hate, perhaps. Do you want to put 60 seconds on the clock? And <laughs> I'm going to do this for Raymond Chains because uh, he asked for it and I feel like he, he's owed it, you know? One, two. All right. Brad Davidson three. has to be one of the most petulant, ignorant, and useless people at this side of the Mason Dixon. I'll tell you, nobody cared. No one was looking for that tweet. No one asked for it. In fact, I have to imagine that the poor social media intern at Wisconsin who was tasked with putting that graphic together immediately went and drank bleach as a result of it. No one likes you, Brad Davidson. Your teammates don't like you. Your coaches don't like you. I'm not convinced your parents like you. They probably love you, but that's different. The truth is you are a ball sack tapping bitch. You are only middling at college basketball. You've been playing at Wisconsin for the better part of a decade. It is as yet unclear how you still have eligibility. And so your decision to stay in that state 
is both a bane on Five, its existence four, and on your team's. Good day, sir. I wish you poorly. There we go. There you go, Raymond. That was for you, buddy. <laughs> Indeed, Brad Davidson. We all wish you poorly. Uh, you know what else I wish poorly is uh, COVID, just mm. generally. Uh, so a couple things happened this week, and why have Alex Plum on the cover art if you're not going to use him, right? That's what I think. So this week, uh, CDC made a recommendation to stop giving the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to uh, blood clotting issues found in, I believe, seven people, correct? Um, Six with a yeah potential, there's a seventh maybe case, but yeah. Yeah. Now, my understanding is that this is not just blood clotting. It's blood clotting that's being combined with low platelet counts, which is a very rare condition, and that's the concerning element of this. Um, but tell us, tell us what's going on here. Tell us, tell us what we should think. Yeah. So um, the the concern here is that these are um, these are patients. They're all women um, with what we would in the, in the medical field sort of refer to as unremarkable medical conditions, right? Which is that there's. Mm -hmm. These are folks that have just never really had uh, history of disease, history of serious illness, history of past hospitalization or surgical intervention. So um, the median age is 33, but the age ranges, it's a pretty large range. I think it's like 18 to 48. So we're talking about, you know, middle-aged women for the most part. Um, uh, they're all white. Um, only one was taking birth control. There were a few pre-existing conditions, high blood pressure, a few were obese, one had asthma, but they didn't have... Um, coagulation disorders. And that's what we would look for, right? If we're talking about blood clotting, yeah. Uh, yeah. we would look for, do they have a disorder that is, is linked to that? And they don't. Um, they sort of all had these pretty significant headaches, um, followed by by worsening symptoms, abdominal pain, but but serious pain. I mean, unusually serious yes. pain um, that, that happened within an average six to 12, six to 13 days after they received a shot. So this is bad, right? I mean, this is this is bad because you don't want that to happen. And um, is it possible that of 7 million people, that there would be six people who would all develop a unusual blood clot disorder based in, you know, the fact that they, they haven't had any, that, that, that the disease is showing up for the first time? Yeah. Um, yeah. A actually, yeah. That is completely possible. Uh, the reality is here that we're we're talking about less than one in a million odds. So just think about it. I mean, what are the odds that someone is going to just randomly develop uh, any any horrible thing? What are the odds that you're going to be in a plane crash? What are the odds you're going to get eaten by a shark? Right? I mean, we're talking like there's a reason people say one in a million odds. So are we going to take this seriously? There's absolutely no doubt. But this thing has been paused now for a couple weeks. We're collecting information. We're looking to see if there have been other clotting disorders reported among individuals who've received the the doses clearly. In the tens of thousands of subjects that have gone through the trials, they have not seen this. So, you know, when you have to vaccinate a world of 6 billion people, you will see statistically anomalous things like this. You, you're going to see it. This does not mean the vaccine is responsible for it. And by the way, if the vaccine is responsible for it, 
And I was told, Alex, you have a one in one million chance of developing a severe blood clot disorder as a result of this. I still would get the vaccine. There is no possible future where that's true. And I would be like, ah, one in a million. Uh -uh. I'm going to sit this one out. I think my odds with the disease that's one in a hundred. Yeah. That's one in a hundred. And it is, it is just ravaging unpredictably otherwise healthy people too. So I, you know what I mean? So it's, it's not that. And I'll say, you know, the, the blood clotting is a problem, but to your point about the platelets, the platelets aren't the issue. The platelets are actually informing the treatment process. And so Mm. there is a treatment that we would do for blood clots where we would try to thin that. If you have a low platelet count that actually works sort of backward. And so what ends up happening is the treatment ends up killing the patient. And so, um, one patient has died. Now that we know how to treat this, now that folks are looking for it, it's very likely that, you know, if anything, what this vaccine is maybe complicating is is the platelets, maybe that the severe blood clotting is, it just happens at that rate, right? And so we're going to see it among vaccinated and unvaccinated. Uh, but if you've been vaccinated, we, we may just have to be careful with our treatment. And if that's true, maybe what we need to start researching is how does the vaccine, and it's, you know, within if, especially if these onset is so close to when we've received the vaccine, it needs to inform what our treatment is for, for not just this, but for other blood related conditions. So I, that's what they're studying. That's what they're looking into. I'm very confident that they will have more information. And I am very hopeful that the FDA and that particular panel will lift the hold. Um, we need to be getting this, this vaccine, this J&J vaccine needs to get in the arms of folks. Uh, I, I'm not Anthony Fauci, but even Fauci has effectively said as much. Uh, this this is not a concerning enough case rate, case fatality rate at all um, to justify pausing this thing. Gotcha. My my initial gut is like, this is the system working. You know, if something concerning comes up, you should investigate it. But this isn't a normal drug. These aren't normal circumstances. So it does seem like, hey, if you have to get the entire planet vaccinated, and right now we have four drugs that can do it, it seems like it's a high bar to start turning that thing off, right? Especially yeah. Yeah. when this is going to enable so many bad faith actors who are going to operate in bad faith anyway, of course, but it this gives them another thing that they can point to. I think I saw that the most single shared piece of media on Facebook this week was garbage conspiracy theories built off of, you know, this stoppage with the J and J vaccine, which the damage of that is far greater than any kind of damage that, you know, just, well, you know, I, I don't know if I like where I'm going with that, but that, that's extraordinarily damaging. Uh, what's going to happen with, uh, with, uh, people, you know, being even less likely now potentially to take this vaccine. Um, so it's a super bummer, a super bummer. Well said. Well said. Speaking of, of, uh, (laughs) people not taking the vaccine, uh, have we figured out what's happening in the state of Michigan yet? Like, why are we, why is the state of Michigan the COVID epicenter of the country right now? Do you yeah, have any idea? So I've talked to a few folks about this because I mentioned it on the pod last week. I was sort of just flummoxed, right? I just was like at a loss. And I so I've been asking some respected colleagues in the field sort of, and you know, they kind of the best guess is that Michigan was was doing pretty well with the restrictions such that while many other states around us have had their own versions of these waves uh, throughout the fall and into the winter, um, we, we were spared that because we were shut down. Largely, I mean, compared to, to compared to most other states, we were shut down. Um, 
As the weather has gotten warmer, as the MHSAA has relaxed um, restrictions on athletes, if schools have been meeting back in person, um, and now as you know, businesses are starting to get back, we've started opening bars and restaurants, it, this is just the natural extension. We do not have anywhere near enough um, you know, vaccine rate to, to have anything near herd immunity. Um, and so even though we've got a great number of vaccines that are out there, we've got a really good infrastructure, you know, statewide, things are basically open. Anyone that wants one can now set an appointment. Um, this is, this is fan. I mean, that's 16 or older. This is fantastic. We're just not, we're just not there. We're not there. And folks want to be there. Um, folks think we're there and we're not. And yeah. so when you loosen restrictions, like we have done, you've got folks traveling on spring break, you've got kids coming back. I mean, that's where you're seeing these these spikes. That's where you're seeing these clusters. Now we're not, we're not doing any of the tracking, you know, it's too widespread. We've lost the opportunity for all of that. Um, but when, you know, and I, I get all this, these updates um, for soccer, we see schools in, throughout Southeastern Michigan canceling soccer games because you yeah. get these little outbreaks, 40 girls in Shelby township, right. And they get Eisenhower where all got sick a couple weeks ago. So you see these schools who are, and this is throughout Southeastern Michigan. It's probably happening more broadly. So that's where it's, you know, it's stemming from that. And I think, yeah, uh, the, the, it is a testament to our early resolve and, um, to the political forces, which have required the governor to make, um, you know, some, some very difficult. And I think, um, uh, I mean, in my, my opinion, decisions that, that go against the public self. Um, so that's, that's where we're at. Well, I got shot number two yesterday. Hi ho. Feeling, Feeling pretty chipper. Chipper. Pretty good today Chipper under the circumstances. Yeah, can't, can't complain. So no blood clotting. Okay, my man. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet, baby. All right. Um, anything else on COVID before we move on to uh, the the people's Twitter questions? Um, actually, there is one thing. Yeah. There Do is, tell. There is an announcement that is going to be coming from one of our <gasps> cherished sponsors. <gasps> What's it going to be? Preserved Homemade, who we know as the goods and provision store that brings us tastes of home in the form of homemade treats, yeah, has been teasing uh, <gasps> the hosts of this podcast that they what? that they are going to drop not some chocolate chip cookies, but an announcement. Big news! Big news! What? I don't know. I I think we should spend a not a, a non-zero number of minutes. Just prognosticating in terms of what that announcement could be. Yeah, uh, and I think everyone should go to Twitter and, and subscribe and follow at Preserved H, or go to Instagram and which one's Instagram is Preserved underscore, underscore. Homemade. Yeah, you should do that uh, so that you know as soon as the whole rest of the world knows. I mean, yes. everyone's teetering on a knife edge on this. Yes. So, Plum, what what do you think it's going to be? I think they're changing their name so that they can have one common uh, username slash website so that folks, it's easier to remember. I think it's going to be, I think they're going to do like a portmanteau. It's going to be homeserved, homerved, homerved. I think it's going to be the name at homerved because I, I searched and I can't find that on Twitter. It's beautiful. It just rolls off the tongue. I, I refuse to believe such a thing doesn't exist. Uh, you know what I think it might be? I think, do you remember the, the movie film, uh, the interview that was released on crackle after the North Korean government hacked Sony because it was about how I saw that in the theaters because I have a commemorative cup still. 
Oh, lovely. I thought a perfectly fine film. I bet. I think that Preserved Homemade is currently being trained with all that preserved training that was given like back in February. You remember that? That never paid off. Preserved Homemade is going to be sent to North Korea to assassinate Kim Jong-un with some beautiful desserts and preserves. Mm -hmm. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. That's what's happening right now. And the announcement is going to be freedom on the Korean peninsula. Do you think it is... Yeah, peninsula, not continent. Do you think Q has anything to do with this? Or like G, they're like uh, preserved goods... Wink, wink. That's even alter ego. That's if you think about it, higher in the alphabet than Q. So yes. probably even it's a higher, higher military, yes. yeah, intelligence. Yes. Code G. Oh yep. my gosh, that explains why Q has gone underground and hasn't really been because he went. Anymore. He went where? He went underground. Ground with a G. Mm. Do you see now? See, you guys, you guys haven't been seeing. You have to look so that you can see. That's what I'm saying. That's. Probably what the underscore in preserved underscore homemade on Instagram means is that indicates underground. It's underground. Also, like it's a blank. Like you have to fill in the blank with the clues that we're giving you. Giving. G. Oh my God, you guys, it's so simple. On Twitter, you'll notice preserved H is the handle on Twitter. That's probably a nod that it's going to be a baked suppository that they end up killing and conjunum with yes yep. so right. just you stay Preserved tuned page. and i would i would not be getting any suppositories if i were you right now until it's clear you know that, that he's dead so just so that's it that's it that's the thing okay so that's it big announcement Look for it <laughs> twitter first up from mr john hubbard plum uh, this is generally uh i moved over the twitter questions and you do have specifically Three Twitter questions just for you. This one's general, and I'm putting it to you anyway. Oh, and this is perfect because it's about COVID. How many of the pod opted for the Bill Gates is my God Emperor vaccine package to get the lifetime subscription of MS Office Suite? I actually did, and so I actually have a a tattoo of his face on my right testicle um, because that's where the um, that vaccine package was actually inserted. So it's weird that they came up with that spot. To get to the, is the best spot for the vaccine. Yeah, but I get well, it. they I took get a it. lot of pictures too. I didn't realize I was consenting to all that. What's but. funny is that the, it looks like landscape at first, but then yeah, but it's of, it's not. You, here's here's the other thing that I guess I didn't know when I got the lifetime subscription for the Amazon Office Suite is that I didn't get it didn't come with the Mac version, so I have to buy a Windows machine now, and it's not ideal for me. So. And now you have to use Teams, which sucks i'm really sorry to hear about that yeah it's bad i shouldn't have given you that question because now john has one specifically for you uh Ah. you have to keep one of the starting lineup who do you pick connor you have to keep one in the starting lineup who do you pick connor hayward or rocket watts and then in parentheses forget about the transfer for a second damn it john Hubbard. this is rude this is actually painful and churlish i don't know whoa i don't know oh i really hate it you know oh i hate it so i'm i'm oh i guess i'm gonna say connor hayward and here's why although i hate that answer so much because rocket watts he 
Reichelbach proved that he was regressing, right? Over the season, he was progressively, regressively getting worse. Connor Hayward did kind of regress last season. It was not his best season. He has had better seasons. Uh, But I'm going to say now with a new program and everything else, he's going to do it. So please do it. Oh, I'm really uncomfortable with that because if he actually does start and he's as bad as he was last season, I'm going to be hopping mad. The whole new Connor Hayward specific oh, podcast. You're actually going to get three in a row here because the next one's about food. And no, actually, can no let one... me ask you because yeah. really, and as the Slenderman, really, I, when when I eat food, it's clearly just for you know the mere indulgence of it. When you eat food, though, such as you do eat food, one would expect yeah. that you're actually doing it because you enjoy it. So yeah, CT and TC asks favorite soup. Uh, I prefer, do you remember in the matrix, the goop that came down from the ceiling that has all the aminos and, and My God. vitamins, everything that the body needs. Yeah. So your chef's kiss, that's so my favorite soup right there. Yeah. The so you're, you're taking this more philosophically. Matrix goop is my favorite. Soup. <laughs> oh my God. You want to know what the real answer to this question is? There's uh, a Campbell's hearty chicken tortilla that I get a load of <laughs> and I really like that soup. It's probably got like 400% daily salt. I don't care. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. I eat it anyway. Um, and that's that's what I go for. Campbell's chicken tortilla. Do you have an actual favorite soup that we can use to recover from this terrible question? No, I don't. But <laughs> I will... I've had a terrible question for me, CTNTC. Perfectly reasonable question. Just terrible for me. I had a, um, there was a restaurant in Micronesia when, in the capital in Chuuk when mm. we would come in from our, like when we'd been on the island forever and it was at the high tide hotel restaurant. And when you would order your meal, they would bring you a bowl of soup first. And it was always like a corn chowder or something, but I would load that sucker up with, um, Tabasco and it was like a whole new world of flavor. Cause you didn't get flavor, you know, like it was kind of bland the food when you're out on the island. And so when you got into the capital, so maybe that's you got it. You got to soak up that flavor. Soak up that flavor while yeah. it's available. Go on, chatter. Chatter. Greg, favorite MSU logo? CT, great question. I I really love the standard, the one that we've been moving towards, the standard Spartan Helm logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd also add Gruff Sparty and the MAC logo to that list. I do not care for the block S and I don't miss it. At all. I think I know that we were the original and whatever. It's so many block letters out there, but the the Spartan Helm is iconic. Plum, what do you think? Yeah, uh, Spartan Helm, I agree with you completely. It is uh, it is an iconic, it is ir- it's unmistakable. It's unmistakable Michigan State. Um, from a uh, just liking like old timey things and like that sort of sentimentality, I agree with you. The MAC plus uh, Gruff Sparty look is nice. Although I will say there's a sentimentality like that the 2000 national championship team that sort of had Michigan State and the kind of like, you know, coming up, coming down, that sort of like very 90s-esque look yeah. in, my, in my mind is like now old enough to be cute again, even though when we were students, I hated it and thought it was so dated. So who knows? Yeah, I think our whole Nike refresh of all of the branding that took place was like, a direct backlash to that exact branding 
from from Reebok or wherever it was. Oh, uh, Reebok. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it's everything that's old is new again, right? Mm, time is a flat circle. Time is a flat mm-hmm. circle. Okay, and CTNTC asks best MSU dunker ever. Oh, uh, well, I'm going to get myself a lot of street cred and say that it's jumping Johnny Green. You know, if you ever saw him play in the, you know, the back gym at Jenison, you would know that he was the finest dunker of all time. I actually, I had the, I'm going to name drop here. I had the pleasure of being at Draymond Green's senior day. And I had no idea that this was going to happen, but they just brought jumping Johnny Green down on the court because he happened to be there that day. Stop it. I thought that dude was dead. <laughs> Turns out he wasn't. I think he's even still alive now. Um but uh I think in in my time, you know, it's hard to argue with like a Shannon Brown or mm. um you know a Miles Bridges. Yeah. I was not watching that MSU that much MSU basketball when Jay Rich was playing, but um yeah. Those are the kind of the guys that they come to me. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Plum? Yeah, Shannon Brown. Shannon, I just, I still mourn Shannon Brown's kind of one and done with us. He just had so much potential and I still miss him. And he was just an attractive guy. Just a good looking guy. Some of the dunks that he threw down and shoot around when we were in the zone were just mm-hmm. like sick. Oh my God. Yes. Good Lord. Yep. Uh, next up from CT and TC, whether it be, whether it be the loss of a combo guard or podcast host, do you believe in addition by subtraction? <laughs> Maybe this is a question for the audience. Oh, <laughs> wow. Right after you leave us a review on iTunes, hit us up on, on Twitter. So no. when Jonesy turns his phone back on, he's got a lot of notifications. Let him know. And, and particularly, which which combo guard do you think he is? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up for Mama Maple Leaf, uh, Mr. Plum, uh, what prompting slash, oh, this is, I guess, to me. What prompting slash alarm did you use for remembering to put out this tweet? This is the, uh, I was called out last week for probably not remembering to put out the Twitter question tweet. Uh, the answer, Mama May Belief, is that I had the interns do it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and she goes on, will you be able to match this feat with a timely repeat for next week's pod, or should we put some money down? I'm guessing the delay time span. Isn't he going to be back next week? I mean, he's got to pick that back up. I think so. Right? Yeah. He yeah. better? I hope. I'm only doing this once. This I mean, I hope he doesn't expect me to do it. God knows. <laughs> Yikes. No. This was a lightning in the bottle scenario that we had this week. So uh, it's not happening again. Uh, I didn't read this question, but I'm guessing it's to you because it appears to be about COVID. Uh, so second up from Mama Belief, with Michigan COVID numbers hovering close to 8,000 per day for the last seven day average, what quote limited number of fans is too many for you to consider attending the spring game this coming weekend? Yeah, I think the answer to that is uh, one is too many fans. Yeah. I, I think, uh, yeah, I just think it's probably irresponsible. And I, you know, kind of had to talk myself out of it. <laughs> Rewind uh, an hour. Um, yeah. Well, just... come on up. We'll watch it on our deck. You can hear the sounds hey. of, of Spartan stadium waft over East Lansing. We'll set up a TV. And I oh. can be there for when your blood clot comes. That's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> you can immediately do, you can just be like, all right, don't give them the platelet thing. Yeah. Cause do, that do the other will one. Put them into cardiac arrest. Don't do that one. Yeah. Do the other one. That's the bad one. Yep. 
perfect. Uh, next up from Raymond Plum. I have received the <laughs> the J and J Pfizer Moderna Sinovax and Sputnik Vax. How about everyone lines up to kiss my tukus? That's how it works. That is true. If you do get all five, you're what we call a five timer. And uh, it's uh, the best way to achieve herd immunity from there is to literally just have people come up and suck your ass. So it's weird, <laughs> but it is science. And I'm so glad that you knew that, Raymond, and that you're willing to share your bum with the world. With the world, it's beautiful, beautiful. Raymond. Thank I you, mean, sir. you're the you're the next. You've transcended humanity. You're now just a walking COVID vaccine. We need to get um, you an old pair of uh, coveralls, though, uh, with a little seat in the back. You know that that you can unpin, so it just kind of flops yeah. down, like in like from a cartoon, like from a cartoon. You know, the, when you had to the go to two the really large buttons that yep. hold it up. Yep, very big, but you won't need them, you know, because you're going to have a, just the flap open. So. Thanks. I'm really good at asking you questions right before you get one that's, you know, for me. Yeah. Specifically yeah. for you. Yeah. Uh, and this one's particularly great because you don't live here. Uh, Plum, did you ever see Lansing's minor league soccer team? I thought watching them was underwhelming. Could it have been the venue? Do you know anything about this? I do. do I want... actually, I refereed those games. Uh, you did? I sure did. I sure I did. I had no idea. One of one of a handful of referees in the state who are uh, credentialed to referee at the professional level. I don't obviously referee major league soccer. I'm not that good, uh, or even proximally that good. If we're being honest, but uh, good enough anyway in Michigan to get uh, a few international and other professional league games from time to time. I did watch them. They played at uh, Lugnut Stadium. At least that was what yep. it was called. Is it still that? They rename it Cooley Law Stadium. Cooley Law Stadium. So, uh, and it was weird. Uh, the field was at a bizarre angle because, you know, a, a soccer field can fit within a baseball diamond, at least a mm -hmm. standard baseball diamond like MLB or these minor league teams. But it's uh, it's awkward. It's tight. It's weird angles. And we had sand in weird places on the field, you know, because you've got pitching mounds and things. So you're, you know, yeah. coming heavy to like hide stuff. The the thing that makes it weird from a uh, a fan perspective was they're so far away from the field because yeah, you're on weird seats, angles. Yeah, the seats just don't really work with it. Um, and I, I probably, yeah, I'm gonna say it. I probably, I shouldn't say it. I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. I say will it. just say it could have been the venue. It absolutely could have been the venue. Yeah. It was also weirdly expensive. I know this might not have been relevant to you because you're gonna be on the pitch, but like going to see a game was not cheap. To, for the Lansing Ignite. I understand that it was it was technically like the highest level soccer played in, in the, the state, state, right? Correct. Yeah, all those players were um had contracts. They were all paid. Yeah. Um cuz Ann Arbor has a team too, but it's not at the same level as what the Ignite was, I don't think. Right. And now De um, Detroit's team, uh, Detroit City FC, they are a technically a professional team as well with a new kind of a not a breakaway, it's just a new division called the National Independent Soccer Association, NISA. And they hmm. are they're playing they're paying their players too. So but yeah, no, you're right. Ann Arbor, the Flint Bucks, there's a bunch of other teams that are really I think we would consider them minor league. I mean, maybe they're not minor league, I don't know, because they're not getting paid, but they're like the top flight national leagues, I guess you would call them um, men's amateur soccer. And those are the that's where I really cut my teeth. Anyway, yeah. that's that. Raymond asks you, Kevin Greg. Mm. This week, mm, on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo, Tom recalls Iron Mountain's first basketball game between the Miners and the Jesuits. 
The ball was a bear bladder and the hoops bushel baskets. Or the coach calls Juwan Howard to tell him he's a, quote, apple core poppin' dust smacker. <laughs> very, very homely uh, here this week, Raven. I, I love how I love the insults that are coming out in, in these episodes of uh, behind the scenes. I, I think personally, I think it's the bear bladder. Yeah. I mean, I would pay to go see a bear bladder game Correct. with a, with a nice peach basket or there are no peaches in the UP. What's the a pasty basket? Oh, yeah. Maybe? Rutabaga basket. People love a rutabaga basket. Very durable. You know, you know, what's weird about this is that, Iron Mountain's first basketball game just happened like three years ago, you know? So I don't know where they got this bear bladder from, Um, but uh, this just happened. I mean, in terms of, uh, of this being a flashback episode, we're not going that far back in time. That's right. But you know, do you know, do you know where he's getting those quotes from? I, I think he just really focuses on like, there's like Wikipedia pages for old timey insults. But there's uh, actually like there is a Joe Biden uh, insult bot on Twitter. Is it anything beyond? Listen, man. It, hey, man. You know, it, it, I'm, I'm quite. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to say you're cribbing, Raymond. I think you're. I don't think you're cribbing. I think you're. Uh, you know, uh, my, mimicking mockery is the sincerest form of flattery. Uh, I think that's what's happening here, and uh, they are hysterical. <laughs> Finally, so, I have a use for Twitter. Just I'm gonna tweet to... it, tweet at the bot, and he will reply. That's all I'm <laughs> going to say to you. Find him, and he will not let you down. Okay. All right. Uh, answer the question that I posed earlier, Greg. Next up from Raymond, gut feeling, does Izzo ever win a national championship again? I mean, the smart answer is no, right? Like, taking the field is the smart answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it seems like just by sheer force of will, like, like the man is fueled by wanting a second one. I think it's possible that like a Jedi, that as soon as he got the second one, he would just drift away yeah. on the sidelines. Yep. And that would just be it for Tom Izzo. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure that he has corporeal form anymore. I think he might just be the living embodiment <laughs> of, of just like wanting it so bad. <sighs> Oh, do it, please. Very close. No, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready to do it. Don't do it because Jones uh, but, isn't here to get upset. That's the best part. Yeah, it's only fun because he doesn't get it. He hates it so much. Hates uh, but I, I don't know. I'm the smart money is no right. But my gut says yes. My gut says okay. Yes, yes, Raymond. Yes. Especially now, especially now that Thomas Kithier hath fallen on his sword so that Imani Bates can come down from on high and for two years he will be on this MSU roster. I also That's two championships. hope that happens. Indeed. 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 And finally, from Mr. Raymond Chains, Plum, if you ingest THC, do you get paranoid and start scratching? Paranoid, yes. Scratching, no. Uh, just very dry mouth and like the weirdest like thoughts that you can't track. Like my brain stops. It's very disorienting. Didn't like it at all. Don't like it. Not one bit. Not your thing. Not one Not bit. Hypothetically. All right. Next up, the upper deck jerk guy. Greg, what are your expectations for the spring game? Uh, I mean, you, what did I say last week about like 
we just don't know much about this team. So right. much has changed. I'm yep. really interested to see what happens with certain position groups. Well, first off, do we even know what the format is going to be for the spring game? It's I presume it's going to be like an offense versus defense, some crazy point scheme type of thing. Yeah, shirts versus skins, probably kind of thing. The most useful part of spring games in the past, in the D'Antonio era, was when the players drafted their teams. You would learn so much about what was going on in these teams by who, what, by what guys got picked at what position groups. I mean, it's it's how we found out. I think about Devin Thomas at first. Like, why was this guy that no one has ever taken a snap all of a sudden the first wide receiver taken? Uh, it's how we found out about Le'Veon Bell. I'm talking about something that's not going to happen this week, Upper Deck Short Guy. Uh, but I wish it would because that was always the most information you were ever going to get out of the spring game. Mm. Um, so for this week, maybe we get a nice little peek into the quarterback role. Maybe it's a little cousins versus nickel type situation. Maybe we get to see someone do a power slide at the 50 yard line. Um, maybe we get to see some specific position groups. We get to see the running backs a little bit, although it's not full contact. So the degree to which you'll get to actually see that we don't know. Um, what about you? Anything in particular that you're going to be keeping an eye on? No, I just think, I think that I am excited to see, I want, I want culture. I want to know what the culture's like. I want to see them interacting on the sidelines. I want to see them laughing. I want to yeah. see them smiling. I want to see the coaches apologizing for getting the substitution communication wrong. Stand on the mat guys. You know, uh, this one isn't specifically for you, but it might as well be plum. What is the most misquoted poem other than Tenyon's the charge of the light brigade? <laughs> uh, uh, it's Tennyson's. It is Tennyson, yeah. Um, uh, I think that, um, God, that's putting me on the spot. I think, I don't know what the play is, but that phrase, the hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, is not mm. actually, um, I don't think it's quite phrased like that. It's pretty close, but I don't think it's actually right. I think that's a misquote. I think Dante's Inferno is technically a poem, like a whole. Oh yeah, poem it's book. a like an epic, I guess you could say. And people, I don't think people really get what that that's all about, but it gets quoted pretty frequently. Uh-huh. So, and um, um, I'm trying to think if there's. Oh, no, I don't know. That's it. There's something about there Sherlock. I don't. What does he say to him? Sherlock Holmes. Did he, I don't know Watson. It's elementary, my dear Watson, or something. Elementary, elementary, my dear Watson. Watson. I don't think that's in any of the originals. I think that was like a adaptation for like a movie or something. Yeah, like in the first time that that uh, that Sherlock was on the screen. Right. Uh, those other kind of Noah books are pretty good, except for when they're super racist. Uh, uh, next up. Uh, from the upper deck jerk guy. Uh, oh, what story can you tell about Jonesy that would confirm any trepidation he had about not being on the pod? Oh my God. Oh. All right. Gloves off. This is the, this is our chance. This is our chance. We got to really let it go. Um, oh, I guess I'll start. Um, Jones won't let us push record on the pod. He has to do it because he spends the first six minutes pre-recording openly sobbing and swearing at us. You wouldn't believe the things he said to Kevin Drek right before we hit, um, 
record. He feels like he has to get it out of his system before he does the intro to kind of amp him up. But it's 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 disturbing. It's equal parts sheer wailing into the microphone, followed by some really hair curling expletives. So, I guess if we're being honest, that's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, like he does have a good point. Like I, I do make him say those things. Um, yeah, it's true. Well, and you, you invite them just by your very nature. So thank you, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, for those great questions. A nice mix of personal effrontery and intellectual rigor. Next up, Anthony Garver, prop bet of the week. Greg, number of players on MSU's roster who will play both basketball and football versus Future number of hosts on the Can't Read, Can't Write pod after the unexplained ratings bump this week. Over, under, two and a half. Garv knows. Garv knows. Garv He's so always good. knows. Damn it, Garver. And, and he also knows. Garver's a fan. He knows that these guys aren't actually going to play football and basketball. That's right. So it's clearly under. It's Both of under. them are clearly under. It's, it's an under. It's an under. There's no question. Oh, There's it's no question. an under. Especially after that story that I just shared. <laughs> and now Jones and I can't be on the same podcast That's together right. anymore. That's right. You know what this means? I think you're both going to have to go and it's just going to be a one man podcast. And I'm only talking about refereeing and COVID. Watch, <laughs> and then, watch our numbers bump then. Huh? Through the roof. Through the roof. The COVID referee, the soccer referee the podcast. COVID referee podcast. It's just you blowing the whistle on, on COVID, uh, on COVID quick takes, yelling at myself theories. for things that I'd said earlier in the yeah. pod. That's nice. Cool. All right. Well, hey, Greg, who do you guys, you expect to have a breakout spring game and or a year on MSU's football team? Pick one on offense and one on defense. Uh, I I'll take the easy one. I'll go with offense, and, and I'll say uh. And I'll say uh, uh, Kenneth Wathaker because he just got called out so much in that video, uh, that sizzle video. So they're clearly trying to set him up for something. Yep. Uh, is there anyone on defense that stands out to you, Plum? Uh, I was going to say Jordan Simmons um, for running back because I'm really excited about what he's going to do for the program. Okay, but so we have conflicting running backs. We do. We do. I actually really want to see Jordan Simmons have a great year. I just really, really want to see it. But that's more what I want to see, so... Sorry. Let's go with uh on the on the defensive line. Let's go with like a Petrowski or something like that. Or, or you know, someone that isn't really on the radar, you know, and and comes out of nowhere and makes big contributions. Uh or like Darius Snow or something. That's a little bit I okay, way. and Snow's yeah. name got up there a little bit. What about um I I can't I know I still can't say it. Gautete? Yeah, I just uh, avoid saying it. I just yeah. haven't like rehearsed it in front of the mirror. So I, I, uh, I just avoid it. I'm looking up how to say it, but he, I mean, I'm kind of excited for what he might, um, do. Right. Yeah. Agree. Agree. Nah, I get a little. No, 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 it's not. G makes a nah sound. Now. All right, that's it. You're welcome. Boom. Nailed it. Nailed it. Now it's okay. Great. And our final Twitter questioner of the week, Twitter questioner of the week, Mr. Brandon List. Welcome List. back. 
Uh, little update. I don't think uh, that he would mind us sharing, uh, but his daughter is home from the NICU oh. and doing well. So snaps for you. Very, very glad to hear that. Snaps very, very glad. Yeah. Uh, Plum, if Jones had invited you on his hiking trip, would you have joined? When I uh, I went and visited Jones over the summer last year, it was a sort of a mental health visit for the two of us. And uh, uh, we can debate the wisdom of getting on an airplane in July, but it was good for our souls. So I did go. He mentioned this hiking trip. Um, I, I thought that I was still in the running to be able to go with him on it. And uh, imagine my surprise when he announced that he was going and I didn't get any more information. So... Hmm. Well, as someone that's already third wheeled for Mike Jones, let me tell you, mm. it's not fun. It's not fun. Not it where hurts. You want to be. It hurts deep, mm-hmm. deep and wide. And I now, should say. Yep. We all know that. Yep. We all know the scorn of that now. Yep. We do. Uh, last up from B list, and last up for the pod this week, Greg. All the players in the transfer portal that can't find a new home should be able to create their own team called the Lost Boys. But who, <laughs> who should be their coach? John L. Man. John L. John L. John, John L. He's ready. Really, no matter He's the ready. sport, no matter the sport, it should be John L. Indeed. Indeed. I love this idea of the, the land of misfit toys. Like <laughs> this is like a mighty ducks type of like all the guys that can't get on a team. You know, they're going to make their own. They're going to, they're going to make it out there. Oh my God. Well, maybe Gordon Bombay should be the coach. Yeah. But while Emilio Estevez shows up, rolls up in a stretch limo, uh, John L is going to be coming into town on a back of a donkey, you know? So that's what we've got there. <laughs> Cowboy hat, his feet dragging on the ground because the damn ass is so small. That's what you're going to have. <laughs> That's what you're going to have. That's nice. It's very nice. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. All right, Plum. We did it. We did it. Wow. We did it. We made history. We're all the way through. We made history. Uh, I thought, uh, you know, pretty enjoyable episode. I, yeah, I could get used to this. Folks are gonna I'll like just it. say that. Yep. Five stars, you guys. Show us the love. That's right. That's right. We want Josie coming home to a lot of new reviews That's about it. how good this episode is. That's it. Plum, anything else you want to talk about? Or are we, uh, we good to sign off? I think we're good to sign off, buddy. All right. Go green. Go white. <laughs>